So, by 2025, we will make 1,000 disciples across three NCC campuses. Hopefully, this is a familiar phrase for you, um, but if it's not, it's going to be. So, we're all going to say this together because this is something that we, this is a vision for the church, for us. This isn't like just something that just comes from the stage or something that's Pastor Aaron or the, our staff. This is us. This is where God's leading us, and so we need to get this in our heart and really be ready for this, what God's going to do. So let's all say this together. If you're in the room, if you're watching online, let's say this. Ready? By 2025, we will make 1,000 disciples across three NCC campuses. I want to say it one more time to really set it in. So here we go. By 2025, we will make 1,000 disciples across three NCC campuses. Come on. This, this is where God's leading us. This is the vision of NCC. And hopefully NCC feels, and you could say like, I'm NCC. Like NCC is me, my family. We are really a part of this church because the church is us. And this is the vision that God's leading us to. This vision, it didn't come out of nowhere. Our staff, our, the pastors, our board, spiritual directors, all got together almost two years ago to fast and to pray and listen to God, and he spoke to us and said, 1,000 disciples, three NCC campuses. He said, you're going to be a discipling church, and you're going to be a multiplying church. So you're going to be a disciple-making church, and you're going to be a multiplying church. Discipleship and multiplication. One just leads right into another. This isn't like, hey, there's this thing, oh yeah, and then there's this thing. He's saying, as you make disciples, this multiplication is just going to be a natural byproduct of what's happening at NCC. And this is one vision all coming from this idea to make people in places new, how God has been leading us from the very beginning. <clears throat> and Pastor Aaron, he talked last week about discipleship, about this personal um, command that Jesus has given us to go and make disciples. In Matthew chapter 28, he gives this, this charge to his disciples. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus said, I've taught you what I, like, what I know. My commands you know. Now go teach others. You've lived life with me. You know what life with me is like, and you've learned so much. Now go and show that to other people. And the disciples, they, they feel this command. He says, now go. Don't leave what you have where you are. Don't keep it where you're at, but go. This is the beginning of something amazing to see my church start to grow. God's people start to come together. And if Jesus himself is asking me to do something, I'm going to do it, right? How many of you in the room would say, if Jesus himself asked me to do something, I'd be like, nah. Like, raise your hand if you'd say, uh, yes. Yes, sir, I will do what you asked me to do. If Jesus himself asks us to do something, we, like at least talking about it, there's no question. Yeah, I'm gonna follow Jesus, right? I'm gonna obey him. We know that he's faithful. We know that what he asks us to do, he'll lead us through. And so it's easy to say, but when you look at the disciples, they did. They really did do what he asked them to do. They start going out to cities and talking to people about Jesus and bringing it all over the place. And it's funny because you think about their life with him, they're like, they lived close with Jesus. They were every day with him. They're, he's teaching them how to live and 
kind of correcting them too. And they're seeing these miracles he's doing. They're seeing him interact with other people. And so if Jesus is asking them, hey, go and share what you've seen and what you've heard with other people, they're like, are you kidding me? That's all I want to do. Like, all I want to do is to tell people about what we've seen. You, we saw you come back to life. Like, we thought you were dead, and here you are. And there's like no question I'm going to go tell people what I've seen. If Jesus is going to tell me to do something, let's be all in, just like the disciples were. And we're going to continue reading in Acts today. And why I'm going there is it's after this period where Jesus brings this command to his disciples, after he leaves them and goes back to heaven, and it's the beginning of his church. It's the beginning of his word being spread and people coming to know him and this personal relationship that's now available to everyone because of his death and resurrection. And so when you read about this expansion of the church, you're reading about the disciples telling people, Jesus is the one you've been waiting for. He's the one that the prophets have been talking about. The one we've been waiting to save us, to bring forgiveness for our sins. We can finally be close with God. They're like, we've seen it. We were with him. Jesus is the real deal, and you need to know about him because it's going to change everything. So they're sharing this good news of Jesus. And I want to really lean in really quick to what this good news is. What is this foundation, this message they're sharing? The foundation that's still the foundation of the church today, of God's people. In Acts chapter 10, Peter he gives this great depiction of the good news. And if you have the app, you can read the scripture there. Um, if you have your Bible, you can open up here. It's, a few diff- it's quite a few scriptures, but if you don't have it in front of you, just pay attention and, and recognize like, the values and the important elements of this as Peter is talking. He says, and Peter replied, I see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after John began preaching his message of baptism. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we apostles are witnesses of all he did throughout Judea and in Jerusalem, They put him to death by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him to life on the third day. And then God allowed him to appear, not to the general public, but to us whom God had chosen in advance to be his witnesses. We were those who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he ordered us to preach everywhere and to testify that Jesus is the one appointed by God to be the judge of all, the living and the dead. He is the one all the prophets testified about, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. This is our good news. We get to share this. Like the disciples are sharing this with everybody that they could find, with cities all around them. We get to share the same good news with people. Jesus can forgive you of your sins. Jesus can save you and bring you the life and the joy that you've been longing for, that you've been looking for and all this other stuff. That peace, that freedom, it comes with Jesus. And think about our church, think about yourself. Do we carry the same kind of passion for sharing Jesus with other people? Because the apostles are sharing this with everyone, like groups of thousands of people. They're going city to city. Anyone who would listen to them, they're sharing, and they're facing opposition for it. Like they're being put in prison. They're being beaten. People are yelling at them. They're facing a lot of opposition, but they know people need to hear about Jesus. So whatever comes my way, 
I'm going to go tell them about them. Do we carry that same kind of passion to share what they've experienced with Jesus, share who we, who we know that he is? Think about what God has done here at NCC, this community right here. When I look around the room, I see something a lot different than I saw when I first came to Mesquite. It's, people aren't just passing faces anymore, someone I just see once a week and have a hard time remembering their name. I look around and I see people who are like family to me. Like, it's not even just like acquaintances, but like people who are really family, people who know what's going on in my life. We've lived life together. Like people who reach out and actually want to know what's going on with me or like want to hear about how my day was going. Alita and I, we've been going through this process of becoming um, foster parents. And as they're asking us questions, they ask like, Hey, do you have support? Do you have people in your life like who would help you like so you can be successful in doing this? Or like, are you kidding me? Yes. Like we have the greatest community and I like no question. I'm like, we have people. Like these are my people now and I look around and I'm like, I know that there's just a line of people who are waiting when we have needs or need support that are like, I'm ready. Like I want to help. Like show me what I can do. Like I want to be there for you. That kind of community is not common. So many people are looking and they're lost, not knowing where do I find that kind of community with people. That's what the church is about, that we would be this kind of close community, living life with each other, encouraging each other. We know what's going on. People in this room know like my struggles with my worries and my questions, and we talk about it. And there's life and there's, there's so much goodness in that. And we get to share that with people because a lot of people around us, they don't know what that's like and they're looking for it. But we get to share that, that kind of community. And we get to share life with Jesus. People don't know what life with Jesus is like. Think about this. The God of heaven and earth who's created everything around us, he wants a personal relationship with me. He wants a personal relationship with you. The God who is greater and stronger and more powerful than all other beings that we ever have heard of or know. He wants to know us. And he wants to care for us. That when I live life with Jesus, when we face difficult times in our family, even the most troubling times, I know I can have hope and I can be at peace in those moments because my God has a plan for me. And I know that there's goodness on the other side. I know he's going to carry me through it. And ultimately, I'm looking forward to the day that we're, again, one with him and physically present with him, and life is then what he intended it to be. I get hope for that. Living life with Jesus changes everything, and we get to share that with people. Do you guys get this? This community of NCC, what God is doing in our personal lives, in our community as a whole, we get to share this with people. We have good news. We have something people have been looking for everywhere and they can't find it other places because the church is the hope of the world God's church his people he works through us to bring his spirit to his people and bring relationship back to him and people need to know you think like we all have these moments where we like watch a great movie or we go to a restaurant and we eat this great food right we're like oh someone needs to hear about this and you text your friend, you're like, dude, you need to try this. It's going to change your life. You, you guys know what I'm talking about. 
And those are simple things. Like, it'll change your life. And we just unashamedly, like, you need to know because it's gonna make a difference for you. Do we unashamedly talk about the community of faith that we get to be a part of? That the God we get to live with? Because that will change their life. So we gotta tell them. We have good news. When God speaks to us, we've gotta share it. And God has spoken to us. He's told us, you're gonna multiply. This is what's ahead of you. Because he wants more people to experience life with him. When God speaks, we will move. When God speaks to us, we will move. No question. If God said it, it will be done, and I want to be a part of it. And God said, we're going to be a multiplying church. So, what are we going to do? We're going to multiply. We are going to multiply, okay? Because this is where we're going. And I want everyone in this room, we should be in this together, ready to go, because this is where God's leading the church. This is where God's leading NCC. So let's get on board. Because we are going to multiply. And I want to share with you a story from Acts chapter 13. As I was reading through these chapters in Acts and reading about the early church, it stuck out so strongly to me thinking about this message. And this is the time after Jesus left the disciples, the church, it's beginning to grow. There, there's this significant group of believers at Antioch, and there's some spiritual uh, leaders who are really focused in on that group, kind of like pastors, um, and leading that particular group. They're teaching, they're growing together, and this is what happens. God still brings to them something new for them. Even though the church is going great, God brings them this new, new charge. And he says in verse 1, Now there were at Antioch in the church that was there, prophets and teachers. You have Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod, and Saul. And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. And being sent out by the Holy Spirit... They went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. And it goes on to talk about the cities they visit, the people they talk to, and the churches that are established, the groups of believers that come together because they were sent out by the Holy Spirit in the church. They fast and they pray, and then they send them out. It was like, just right after this verse, the Holy Spirit says, set apart for me, Saul and Barnabas, I have this work for them. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, pray and fast, we lay hands on them, and we send them out, because the Holy Spirit said, we're going to do this. And they are sent out by the Holy Spirit. And countless people come to know Jesus because they were obedient and they follow the Holy Spirit's leading. Does it sound familiar? Because in the same way, God has called us. God has called NCC. Yeah, things are great here. And some leaders and people will be here to minister to this area. But I have something else for you too. I have something new for you. And I'm calling part of this church to go out. And we believe that God has called NCC to multiply, that we equip and we raise up mature believers, pastors and leaders to send out to other communities to bring what God is doing here, this community of faith, this relationship with one another, relationship with Jesus, that we bring this to other communities, people who are looking for this, because God knows that people need this. 
And I want to talk to you just a little bit about what this looks like, because we talk about three NCC campuses by 2025. That means there's this campus at Mesquite, and there's two others a lot like it in other locations around North Texas by 2025. And so in this next year, we're taking serious steps towards one of these new campuses. And this isn't, you, if you're around church, you might be familiar with like a satellite church or something, or do you watch a screen of the pastor preaching? That's not what we're going to do. It's not going to be looking at a screen or watching the message up on a TV. It's going to be a campus just like this. I mean, it'll look different, but it's going to have its own campus pastor, staff, who are focused in on leading and pastoring that community as we work together as a whole staff across the campuses, but that campus will have a specific team that's focused on pastoring that community. And it's on the same heart. It's on the same vision of making people and places new, the same declarations that are leading the church of new community church. And we don't know this next location, uh, but that's what we're praying for this fall. And we, in this room, we need to be praying for God to lead us where that next community is going to be. And that's why we have this map up here, and it's going to be out in the lobby for the foreseeable future, because this represents this, the possibilities and where God's leading us. And it is a reminder to pray for us to, in our own quiet time at home, we are the church, so don't expect just Pastor Aaron or our staff to be praying for this. We need to pray for this. Ask God to give us direction on where this next community is going to be, so that there's a unity in where we're going to go. And asking God that he would direct us to the right location and facility. Because we believe strongly in us gathering together on a regular basis to worship and encourage each other and to live life in this way. And so we want to find what is the best way to do this as far as the facility goes. A school, a theater that we rent out or we, do, we just take over part of the time. Or we've been... Um, some churches have come to us in the past of like, we're not using our facility, would you want to do something? There's possibilities in how this might go, but we want to pray and ask that God would lead us and give us favor in how that's actually going to work. And asking God to raise up the leaders of that campus, raise up and call out those of us who he is calling to go and be present there, to volunteer, to give um, of ourselves to make that community what it's like here. Look, this isn't something that was just a cool idea. Or we thought like, oh, churches just do this. Like this is just the next step. We've reached a certain attendance and now we're going to do this. That's not what this is about. We are just being obedient to as God calls us to go. Because like I said, our leadership team, pastors, staff, spiritual directors, our board, we got together, went away for a couple days, almost two years ago now, and we fasted and prayed and waited on the Lord. Where are you leading us? What's next for NCC? And there's like 20 of us in the room and the Holy Spirit brings a unity in the message he's speaking to us. He says a thousand disciples in three NCC campuses. That's not what he speaks to every church and different groups of believers. He leads in different ways. But for NCC, he said, this is where we're going. And this is where we're gonna go. And it's in God's character to do this. We just read about Saul and Barnabas. The church is still growing, but he also has this new work that he's doing. Why would we do all of this? Because it's about making people and places new. Because we want to see more families transformed. We want to see people come to know Jesus. Life with Jesus is great, right? Would you agree? 
So we want to see people know this because it'll change everything for them. We want to see marriages restored. We want to see families continue to grow in relationship with each other. We want to see community thrive like we've seen. And so God has called us out. And what we're going to do is continue praying, and we're going to continue fasting and waiting on the Holy Spirit as he gives us this direction as we move forward in this vision. Because when God speaks, we will move. And I want to, there's something we need to anticipate as we're stepping into this new, this vision and this new season ahead of us. This is not going to be easy. Because we were not called to be comfortable. God never intended for us to be just comfortable and everything is going perfectly. It's not the nature of our world. And if we're participating in what God's doing to bring redemption and to fight the evil around us, it's not going to be comfortable. When you look at the disciples, Peter and John in the beginning of Acts, they're arrested a couple of times. It's not like, oh, they were in prison, but they made it. It was like a couple times they went to prison and they were ordered by these officials to stop talking about Jesus. If we're honest, that would scare a lot of us. And we'd have to really figure out where we stand in our faith. But in Acts chapter 4, this is how they respond. And this is how they respond every time. It says, for we cannot stop speaking about what we've seen and heard. We can't stop. Like, you could do whatever you want. Whatever you feel like you need to do to us and in this situation, like, that's up to you. But we're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to teach people about him. And we're going to share what we've seen. We're going to share what we heard from him. Because this is important. They knew it was worth whatever they may face. And then you read in Acts chapter 5 about the apostles brought to prison again, and then they're beaten as they're released and ordered again to stop talking about Jesus. And how do they respond? In chapter 5, it says, So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. Highlight, underline, circle the word rejoicing, because that is not how most of us would respond they rejoice. God, thank you that you consider me worthy to suffer shame for your name. And it says, every day in the temple and from house to house, they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as a Christ. God has called us to something that is going to challenge us, that's going to stretch us, and it's going to require a lot from each of us. From every one of us, it's going to require a lot. And how are we going to respond? Because imagine what God could do through a church who says, yeah, I'm going to rejoice for whatever comes my way because God has considered me worthy to suffer for his name. That it's this exciting, honorable thing that we get to be a part of what God's doing. When we come in that kind of response, imagine what God could do. The people who would be changed. Because nothing could stand in our way. If we're honest, many of us, we can't even handle somebody um, making a comment about our outfit in the morning. We need to get over ourselves and know this mission is so valuable. It doesn't matter what anybody says, what anybody does, because... I need to move this forward. I need to do what God has called me to do. 
We have a mission that is worth whatever comes our way. Some of us are going to be called to go to this new campus. And you're going to have to step up. Because where we are right now is great. But what, we've, what we're doing right now has gotten us where we are right now. If we're going to go into what God has ahead of us, something's going to have to change. If God's going to call you to step up and go to this new campus, you're going to have to step up to it. It's not going to be easy. It might be getting up earlier, putting in a little more time. If we have to set up and tear down for those services, it's going to require some extra physical effort and some commitment. And is God going to ask some people to move their home and their family? Maybe. But whatever he asks us to do, we're going to do it. And some of us will be called to stay here and be present in this campus in Mesquite. You're going to have to step up. It's not like some people are being sent out and like, oh, they're great and they're really answering the call. This is the call. This is the church. He said three NCC campuses. It's not, he's not saying, oh, two great ones and then the one in Mesquite. The campus in Mesquite, this is a part of God's vision. But there's no way that we could see this vision happen if us in this room just watch and sit on the sideline for someone else to go and do what he's asked. We're going to have to step up. It's going to require a little extra. There may be some in this room who aren't serving anywhere. And that may be the step for you. Or maybe you're not giving. Some of you in this room are like, we finally, like, decided to come this week, but you have to think every week, do I want to go? We have to decide to have an ownership of this house if we're ever going to see what God wants to do. We cannot just attend here and watch other people lead the way. The church is us. It's you and it's me. And if we aren't stepping up as the church, then the church isn't going to become what God wants it to be. As we mature in our faith, we take on responsibility for this community growing and people knowing about Jesus. It's not just a pastor's role to tell people about who Jesus is. It's the church's role. God empowered his church, his people, to bring his message to the world. So ask yourself, am I all in here? Because every one of us is going to have to make a personal commitment to see this vision happen. Am I all in here? Am I willing to do what it takes? We have a mission that is worth whatever comes our way, whatever difficulty we might face, to be a multiplying church. Like I said, God leads different groups of believers to different things and how they expand and maybe building onto their building which we did for our kids and our students. But that's not the vision here, that we're going to create a bigger building for more people. We're going to equip and mature people, and we're going to send them out. And there will be some here that continue to minister as we make room for new families, new people. And there's going to be another campus, another community that has room for more people and is sharing about what God's doing. Look, we don't have all the answers for how it's going to look. But we know where we're going. There's going to be a lot of sleepless nights ahead. There's going to be a lot of emotional days ahead. There's going to be a lot of difficulty and heaviness. Aaron talked about last week, discipleship itself is messy. As we're 
helping people work through stuff. Our lives are messy. It's going to be a messy thing to do. But let me tell you something. As we step into this vision, there's also going to be life. There's also going to be love. There's also going to be real relationship with people. People, their lives are going to change forever because we're obedient. And we get to be a part of it. Do you recognize how big of a deal this is that God has given us this opportunity to be a part of what he's doing in the world? God could choose any way he wanted to affect change and bring about that redemption in the world, but he chose us. He chose you, his church, to bring people back to him in relationship with him. And it's not because we're so cool or good communicators or people are lucky to know us that they're going to ever come here or that their lives will be changed. But it's just because we get the privilege to be a part of what God's doing. And recognize something. To make a thousand disciples in three NCC campuses, God didn't, it's not like he's standing over and just saying like, hey, go do this, okay? And then come tell me how it goes. God is saying, hey, come with me. There's something awesome over here. I'm about to do something really, really great. But I want you to come and I want you to be a part of it. He's inviting us in. So who would say no? Why would we ever say no or ever, ever hang back? And I want to be there. I want to be with God in the change and the transformation that he's bringing. So I'm going to grab his hand. That's what we're doing. NCC, we're going with him. And he's leading us through. Leading us to this new place. People coming to know him. A family's being restored. Of people changing their whole lives. Finally finding freedom. Finally finding hope. And finally finding peace in their life. That we get to be a part of it. So thank you, God, that you have considered us worthy to even acknowledge us, let alone that we get to be a part of your actual spirit working in the world. God is building his church. It's not us. But we get to be a part of it, and that's pretty amazing. So thank you, God, that we get to be a part of building your church.